0: What was last week's episode called? Um, Wheels. Oh yeah, wheels. Goddamn wheels.
1: Welcome to the Impossible Missions podcast, hosted by Rob Kanea and Kevin Hunt. We're fans of the Mission Impossible movie franchise, and the mission we've chosen to accept is to watch, for the first time, the classic television series that inspired it. As always, should we be caught or killed, the Secretary will disavow any knowledge of our actions.
0: Mr. Hunt. Good evening, Mr. Kanea. I'm still laughing. (laughs) you all right? (laughs) Yeah. I'm good, yeah. A little giggle off mic. Yeah, we were, yeah, indeed. Which we'll share with you, I'm I'm sure, at some point. (laughs) I didn't realise I was being recorded. (laughs) Yeah, we usually do a little uh, sound test, and it's
1: usually like testing one, two, one, two, but (laughs) Kev was just talking, and I recorded it anyway. Yeah, I might put it in. It's quite funny.
0: But yeah, anyway, greetings, listeners. We have just watched
1: season one, episode eight. The ransom. The ransom, and after
0: episode seven, mm. which was a little bit wobbly, it was very wobbly, wasn't it? Wobbly wheels. This uh, was this was back on track. Yeah, this one's this was well back on track. I really enjoyed this. This one's very good.
1: And a little bit different into the usual yeah, Mission it was. Impossible setup. Mm. Uh, so it starts. Dan's playing. I think he's playing Paul. I'm not quite sure what he's playing. He's he's in. I think it's between like a. Gentlemen's club or something. There's two pool tables. He's yeah. On his table, there's two white balls and one red one, and he <laughs> just seems to be knocking the white ones around. If that's, yeah, if that's a particular and he's, missing,
0: he's missing the red ball. But I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's a game. Yeah, if that's a variant um, <laughs> of pool. Someone let me know. But yeah, it's, there's no one else in there. He looks. He, he looked like he was enjoying himself. Yeah.
1: Well, no one was in there until a bunch of heavy-looking dudes come in, um, yeah. accompanied by
0: um, a flash-looking man wearing shades. They look like <laughs> they look like George Michael's throwaways. I
1: <laughs> will <laughs> tell you what, they most remind me of. You know, in the Matrix, the shades yeah. that Hugo Weaving wears as Agent Smith.
0: Yeah. They, they look, were a bit they like were quite that. Like that. They were. Yeah. But this guy he wears them everywhere he wears them throughout the whole episode yeah inside outside day day, night night.
1: (laughs) everywhere but that's because he's a flash mobster he is yeah this is mobster frank egan played by william smithers and you've got his heavies with him Mm. dan looks at him and says what do you want egan so you know me mr briggs good so dan knows egan because he's seen him in the papers Mm. But egan knows dan because reasons
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> reasons they nev- that they never really explain explained, they never explained at all. Uh,
1: but he obviously knows what it is that Dan does for a living
0: do you think he's maybe picked up some of these guys before not in the non-romantic sense <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe yeah yeah Dan's Dan's read in the newspapers that Augie Gorman a confederate of Egan's is going to testify to the grand jury tomorrow and Dan hopes that he ruins him Egan says you're going to make sure that doesn't happen hmm. The grand jury has Gorman locked up downtown, and Egan can't get to him. No one can, except for Briggs. Dan asks why Egan thinks he'll help him. Egan hands him a photograph, which shows a young woman with her hands bound. Somebody picked her up on the way to school this morning, and you're a friend of her father's, and you should be the one to break the news to him. So this is Sandy Forrester, uh, the daughter of George Forrester, Dan's friend. Yeah. Egan wants to trade. He wants to trade Orgy Gorman for Sandy Forrester. And Dan's got less than 24 hours to make it happen. If Gorman makes it to the grand jury or George Forrester goes to the police, the girl dies. Egan says he's got nothing to lose. As he goes to leave, Dan lunges at him, but the two heavies hold, hold him back. Hold him back, yeah, yeah. Get started, Briggs, says Egan. I'll be in touch. Yeah. And then leaves. So there is no mission briefing. This is a personal job. Mm. For uh, for Dan that he kind of yeah. calls the team in on.
0: I was hoping before you before they got to the um, impossible wish Facebook scene, I was hope I I, I was hoping that they were going to do this episode with just Dan going solo, going rogue. That would have been quite, which cool. which would have been really cool because you would have you would have had the opportunity to get to know him without the the strength of the team behind him, and I think it would have made it. This is a good episode, but I think that would have been more effective, and it would have made it more tense and just having the one man doing the mission really
1: next up impossible mission Facebook uh, this one also is a little bit different to usual so he pulls out rolling uh, he pulls out mm. Dr. Ira Green making a return yeah. appearance from Operation Rogosh yeah uh, where he helped out as um, was one of Do- my favourite episodes Dr. Zoltan or something yeah. like that <laughs> and he pulls out <laughs> it's just a picture of a guy um, who apparently in the script is called Steve <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he has a single line of dialogue or anything. No,
0: he doesn't. Really? No, but we'll get we'll get to but Steve later. He's when they pull he's, he's it's a photo as well. There's no um it's not like a you know like Willie's is the strongest man in the world oh, yeah, or whatever yeah, it yeah. is and yeah, it's just a black and white photo. It's like Andre all over again. Yeah. Who when I put him on the um, <laughs> on the
1: the Facebook page for this picture, and I was like what what talent can I put up next to him?
0: And I, I simply had to put a man. <laughs> Did you notice how big the IMF folder looked as well? It was huge. It was massive. It's like he'd had like a ton of friend requests or something.
1: (laughs) It's like as thick as two phone books stacked up. Yeah, Uh, kids' phone books are what you used to have to look up phone numbers in. Oh yeah, phone books before Google. But he doesn't put anyone else's picture out, which is weird because when we get Mm. to the sort of apartment planning scene, uh, Cinnamon and Barney and Willie are all there as well. Yeah, the old gang are there. So yeah. So yeah, Rollin he says, if we pull this off. We'll be kidnappers, but if we don't, we'll be murderers. I mm. don't think it's ex- technically true. It's a
0: bit, yeah, it's a bit
1: over the it's top. Being a bit dramatic, he was, yeah, heavy-handed. No, oh. yeah. <laughs> cinnamon wonders why they don't just ask the district attorney to make an exchange. Then mm. says the DA can't and won't. Uh, he can't because it would set a dangerous precedent, and he won't because Gorman's testimony will finish Egan and save dozens of lives. Apparently at the hotel where Gorman's being held, there's police in every room either side of his Mm. and above and below the rooms immediately above and below. There could be three police officers in the hall and one in the room with Gorman at all times. The windows have got steel shutters on them. What kind of hotel is this that I still yeah, shows the is a, this is
0: a prison. This is not a hotel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then how do you plan to get him out? Dr. Green asks. I don't, says Dan. The police are gonna do it for us. This is one of Dan's dramatic look off into the I like the it when he does
0: that, yeah, he does it. He does not often, doesn't and he? And the
1: rest of the team will sort of share a look between each other. He's like like oh, he's off they're, again. They're like,
0: Yeah, who's he talking to over there? <laughs> <laughs> he's fish.
1: <laughs> yeah, the the fish impossible. impossible. <laughs> uh, then we cut to why is I think it's um, Forrester's office, isn't it? George Forrester's office, and mm-hmm. he, we spotted on his desk is a sign that says principal. Yeah, yeah oh, he actually says he's a high school principal, doesn't he? Which he I does. didn't. Catch I thought he was a
0: governor or something before then, because until he said that, because it yeah. looked you know he had the American flags on. The, I suppose principals have American flag. You know, they're very patriotic and the old U.S. of A. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Dan's the one who's got to let him know
1: that his daughter's been taken, which he takes about as well as you'd expect, mm. <laughs> and wants to call the cop. So Dan begs him not to. He'll get her back, just give him a few hours. And Forrester reluctantly agrees, but says he's got to know that she's still alive. Mm. So somehow they manage to organise a call between the car that's seemingly driving Sandy around town, Yeah, she's being held hostage in the back mm. of it, on a car phone to
0: the apartment. Yeah, because she she's never put in a building, is she? She's is she constantly in that car. For Pretty that much. Yeah. yeah. I guess that way. I don't the mean, team yeah, can't, I never I didn't pick up on it, but I guess that way the
1: team can't track her down or anything, can they? Mm. So Yeah. I don't know at what point Dan exchanged phone numbers with Egan. Did you notice? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, the guy the mobster in the uh, in the car uses the phone to call into the apartment. They record the call. Barney says we didn't get anything that we could use at the end. But no. I think perhaps they did have a use for it, which we'll, we'll get to later. They don't actually say it outright, out right, but I suspect the team had a use for the recording. Mm, okay. uh, Forrester tries to offer the mobster money, but again, they reiterate that they're only interested in Augie Gorman as trade. Willie's got the plans for the hotel. don't know where he got them.
0: <laughs> that made me laugh, because Dan, Dan was walking around the room and he went up to Willie and said, he um, got the plans. And he lifted up these gigantic blueprints, which (laughs) were clearly in his hand. It's like, Dan, come on. Pay attention (laughs) For someone that's quite observant, you know, (laughs) even I picked up on that. (laughs) Uh,
1: Cinnamon's managed to get them a key for a hotel room, which is three floors directly above Gorman's room. Mm. Then Dan asks Rollin if Barney's checked him out on the x-ray table. And Rollin talks yeah. nods and says they're ready. This was confusing. Yeah. Because then Dan goes over to Dr. Green, says to him, the fracture's long healed, will it show up on plates? Dr. Green says, it better or I'm finished practicing medicine.
0: I was like, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> At <laughs> this stage... They've x-rayed
0: we've... Rollin? Is that what's happened here? When did they x-ray him? Because I, I oh. assume they did that off oh. camera before the actual mission starts. But with scenes like this now, we've seen... I've you know I've seen enough episodes of this show to think, okay, it will all be explained. Just enjoy just the ride sort of thing. It, yeah. yeah, try not to over... Whereas the first few episodes, I was like, wait, I don't know what's going on here. And then it all you know pans out and they explain it as the mission unfolds. But yeah, now I'm just like, okay, cool. I wonder how this is going to pan out. So yeah, I'll just... <laughs> there is one little detail that does make me laugh,
1: is that they had less than 24 hours to set all this up. Yeah. What they set up is quite impressive if <laughs> they did manage to do it. It's incredible, yes. Some would say impossible. <laughs> so uh, we leave the apartment and we go to what I assume is meant to be like the, the, the basement area of the hotel. Mm. Yep. Uh, Willie's is in a boiler suit. Don't know how they found one of his size, but they did. <laughs> and he finds a pipe that's labelled up water cold, one to eight east. And he turns the valve shut. So up in the hotel room that the team have got, Dan's watching uh, some water run out of taps into a wash basin.
0: Yeah.
1: And in the wall above the basin, they've smashed the wall out to expose two pipes. So presumably yeah. the hot and cold water pipes. Mm. When the water cuts off, because Willie's shut the valve down, Dan gives Barney the signal. And Barney comes over with a, like an electric jigsaw like thing yeah, or like something Yeah, yeah. and uh, sets to cutting a section out of the pipe. The noise from that would have travelled <laughs> all around the hotel. Bear
0: in right? mind this is a hotel
1: full of policemen.
0: Full of police officers, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, people sleeping literally the other side of the wall that they're in. Yeah. No one comes a knocking. No. And he's he's yeah, he's giving it a good go on these pipes as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Dan's doing his special um I'm gonna stand about six centimetres. Behind you, looking over your shoulder, just to make sure you're doing this job right.
1: Supervisory capacity. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Green's prepping some stuff over at the table. There's a little glass sort of cylinder arrangement. Mm. It's a, I don't know,
0: three inches tall, perhaps. Yeah, with some red liquid. I oh no, they haven't put the liquid yeah. He's in yet, putting in this know, but, sort yeah.
1: of reddish, pinkish liquid into mm. presumably clear water inside the cylinder. Yeah. Um. And I remember
0: attack- that shot from Mission Unguessable when they
1: yeah. It was like,
0: what the hell is that?
1: It's got a little lid that he puts on it, and some, it seems to be like electrodes that go through the lid into the fluid, Yeah, and a really long c- cable that comes off the top. Mm. Forrester's there. He asks Dr. Green, how sick will it make him? Very.
0: It'll look like a stroke, says Dr. Green. Um, what sort of doctor is Dr. Um, Green, I mean?
1: Uh,
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Green Frankenstein. <laughs> he's, he's a bit
1: suspicious, isn't he? He's a mm, bit dubious. Yeah. I'm not sure where he got his medical certificate. Barney's managed to cut the section of pipe out. Mm -hmm. So Dan, he pops the cylinder into the the pipe, starts to lower it down on the cable. Barney plugs the other end of the cable into some machine or other. Mm. Sort of a boxy silver thing with loads of dials on the front.
0: Do you know what it's like I'm really showing my age here I was really impressed with Barney's plumbing skills when he was doing this you know when he's like tightening it all up I was like that's some good plumbing there (laughs) could I be any more of a dad now you'll get him out for some DIY (laughs) yeah honestly that plumbing work would have impressed the Mario Brothers (laughs) (laughs) did we ever see the Mario Brothers do any plumbing did they in the movie I try to forget the movie I've seen the movie once when it came out of the cinema I must have been that's exactly one times too many (laughs) that is one times too many um, it's got a bit of a cult following now, Ooh. apparently. A, <laughs> really? Yeah, people were like, calling for a Blu-ray release and everything, but... <laughs> Blu-ray release? A Blu-ray release of the Mario Brothers movie. 4K <laughs> HD release. <laughs> THX. I don't, surround th- sound. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll be buying it. No, Thank I don't. Oh, no.
1: Right, so yeah, the, I think the purpose of the machine is that, uh, because there's a microphone... Attached the cylinder thing on the cable. So as it's going down through the pipes, down the floors, mm. they start to hear the sounds coming out oh, of the I machine. wondered how they the were hearing that. Right, okay, yeah. Because yeah. the water's not turned on. No, not They've yet. They've got no. the thing dangling in the so pipe. Yeah, down, down, so it's gradually going down the pipe past different rooms as mm. it heads down the building. And they hear like the sounds of cowboys and Indians on a television mm. programme or something like that as they go past yep. it, to, just to establish what's going to happen. They tie the cable off at about 30 feet, uh, and Barney's rigged up a replacement for that section of pipe he cut out, so he, he kind of wedges... This was the bit that
0: impressed me. He kind of wedges <laughs> that
1: into place. Yeah. It looks like it's more rubber than, than the metal pipe yeah, that it's he like took ten, out, yeah. so, that mm. it, so that the cable can kind of still be inside the pipe. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, downstairs in the basement, Willie's been listening to the pipe, hasn't he? he's <laughs> yeah. it's going to say something interesting <laughs> to him. Um, so Barney, I'm glad you said that, because I thought that, yeah. <laughs> Barney taps on the, uh, on the pipe, so Willie hears it, and he... So he opens up the valve for the cold water again, and it starts to work. Mm. So now what they need to do is wait until Gorman takes a drink of water. Dr. Green excuses himself, says he's due at the hospital, and leaves them to it. Uh, The mic is picking up the sound of Gorman down in his room, grousing
0: at the uh, police lieutenant that's his bodyguard. Here's a question. How is that microphone picking up the sounds when the water's now rushing around uh, science. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> science was never my strong point, so. Uh,
1: maybe science? <laughs> whales can hear stuff underwater. Whales. Uh, whales. It uses whales technology. <laughs> Whale technology. Courtesy uh, of the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, Gorman's having a right old moan off about being cooped up. Uh, and he's having a bit of a worry about his life after he testifies, because I guess yeah. he's just assuming that Augie, uh, not Augie, Egan will. Uh, Find a way to bump him off. Bump him off. Yeah, yeah. So Gorman's played by Joe Mantell. Um, one little fact I've had about him is that later on he plays a character in Chinatown. You know the Jack Nicholson movie. I've never seen that. I really. It's on my wish list. He plays uh, Jack Nicholson's character's partner Walsh, and he gets to deliver what is apparently quite a famous sort of final line or in the movie. Okay, which is forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Gorman wants some sleeping pills. Uh, <laughs> He, he does some proper man-looking in the, in the cupboard over the sink. In <laughs> he the, does,
0: actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He
1: gets really wound up with himself as well, doesn't I'm he? A, I'm a bit like that when I can't find Like I say, I've put my glasses somewhere. <laughs> and you're and wearing then, them. And <laughs> then I've gone to bed. And then the next morning, I'm trying to find them, and I can't find where I put them. And i just man-looking. Hold yeah, up. We, we, look in one, we look in one place
0: yeah, and then get the ache. <laughs> I do that, yeah. All, all the bloody time. And it's... You know, like like the glasses thing, and you know I'm holding yeah. them or something. Yeah. Always in the last
1: place that you look.
0: Yep, yeah, but that, you stop looking. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he's going, he's going mad at himself. Yeah,
1: and the the police lieutenant just sort of goes, they're here, <laughs> they're on the shelf yeah, the whole was, time. I thought Gorman was going to punch
0: him one because was like he slowly pulled it off the shelf. <laughs>
1: because he says to him, "All right, I'll get you a promotion to chief." or something um, like Yeah,
0: that. yeah. <laughs>
1: A bit rude, yeah. <laughs> sarcasm. Uh, so Gorman takes a couple of the tablets, and the team. Mm. So Barney's got a trigger for this device that they've put in the pipe, and yep. he's he's got an itchy trigger thumb.
0: He's ready to go and push the button. He is, yeah. And Dan's like, wait for him to run the tap. So they're waiting for him. They're waiting for him to run the tap. They'll detonate the red liquid into the water supply, he will drink it and then that will give him f- drug him in the alternative of a, some kind of version of a stroke. Something like that. Yeah. yeah Simulator okay. stroke. Yeah. But Gorman just
1: swallows the tablets down dry, doesn't doesn't want a glass of yeah, water. Yeah, doesn't even hit the sides. And goes off the bed. Storms off. And the team are like, <laughs> maybe this wasn't such a great plan.
0: <laughs> no, they all look a bit um, disappointed themselves, don't they? Forrester starts to get um, a bit twitchy again, wants to call the police. Yeah, and yeah. And
1: has to convince him not to. Oh yeah, Dan. This is the point where Dan says to says to him, you know, if you ring the police and Egan kills Sandy, all Egan will do is kidnap another child of someone else that I know, and this will all start all over again. Mm. I mean, I don't want to be one of Dan Briggs's friends. No, I don't. I used to like that guy. <laughs> if mobsters just know who he is. Yeah. This is a bit that they never they never explain at all. Really, I mean, he runs what is
0: presumably. A covert operation, yeah, an extremely covert operation, yeah. <laughs> Made up of maybe civilians. It would it would have been nice if they explained how Shades or Egan knew him or knows yeah. of him, but I assume it is because he's maybe you know imprisoned some of his Gang. criminal mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. So he, he knows of him and he's got a vendetta against him.
1: Yeah, right. So Dan knows that they. We'll have to wake Forrester up now. Now that he's taken two sleeping pills and gone to bed. So Dan, I has, called this. You did. Dan I did. Has yeah. A little look around the room. Kev, it was much quicker off the mark than Dan because uh, Dan takes ages to spot the little air conditioning <laughs> vent in the corner of the room. So Dan goes uh, to another maintenance area, presumably not in the basement. Uh, And nobbles the air conditioning for the whole hotel. He takes a a massive pair of like wire cutters (laughs) or bolt cutters or something to the electrical cable that leads Mm. into the system, and it's just like, yeah, done. Yeah, that's it. Easy. So the heat is on. (laughs) Um, It goes. He says it goes up to ninety degrees in their room. Yeah, I write that down. He said even with the windows open,
0: ninety degrees in here. Barney just wants to punch Dan out, doesn't he?
1: I've never understood Fahrenheit. We don't. I mean, I've always been a centigrade.
0: Yeah. Oh God! It can't be ninety degrees centigrade, can it? Jesus! Can you imagine? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Gorman's still asleep though, tossing and turning. What was Mm. it? They said he must like steam baths. But But um, it's it's weird because he's um who's the guy that's playing cards in front of his bed? That's the police lieutenant. That's oh so that's the third police because you've got two guards in the corridor yeah I think they flashed
1: that because it was supposed to be three three policemen in the corridor and one in the room but there's actually only two policemen two in, in the
0: room. corridor and then the guy yeah because he's he's playing cards isn't he and mm. um, he's like you know Gorman's like in a he's in a in a really old uh, you know old pajamas. set of pyjamas like you know long sleeve button up shirt and trousers on top of the bed tossing and turning I was like if it's that hot in there just I'd have just whipped it off <laughs> He's <laughs> got your kit off in front of the the cop. In front of the, yeah. I think that's probably
1: actually uh, a crime. <laughs> the police lieutenant goes and gets a drink for himself in the bathroom. Mm. So of course the team hear the sounds of the tap running, and Barney's about to. Barney's just the thing. about
0: to do it, and he's, he's desperate to push that bloody button. And
1: Dan's like, no. <laughs> Unless Gorman sleeps with his shoes on, this must be the cop. So that is some Sherlock Holmes-level stuff. That is,
0: but then what if he does sleep with his shoes on? <laughs> They've just missed another opportunity. <laughs> I did. Uh, fortunately for them, though, it was the cop. So mm. they, it was uh... good, because I didn't even notice it. I liked the noise. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, that's why Dan does what he does, and I'm, I'm here talking about it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they still need to wake up Gorman. So Dan <laughs> puts his jacket on and uh, heads out. This time, I'm really going to wake him up, he says. Yeah, this is good. This bit coming up. <laughs> so, a couple floors down, the elevator door opens, and out comes Dan, doing his best drunk Full acting. Full on drunk Dan singing away. I don't think it was, but it should have been like so. <laughs> it was a
0: bit like that, <laughs> it wasn't was it? A bit,
1: yeah. So he bumbles his way down the corridor and <laughs> walks into the police officer that's standing outside the door. Mm. and He says to him, "I'm oh, sorry, officer. I didn't realise I was exceeding the speed limit." <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant it really made me chuckle. yeah he delivered that really well as well didn't he and he kind of does that sort of I'm drunk so I'm talking really loud loud voice
0: yeah but he keeps turning it up and up yeah. and up and then because um, they're intercutting it with the guys in the room yeah Gorman's um, still
1: sound over though yeah he's still his head off mm. um, so yeah Dan's like gets his key out he's like I want to get my room officer." <laughs> and he's like this isn't your room <laughs> And Dan makes a show of remembering that they're guarding a quote-unquote celebrity yeah, hotel yeah. and he just shouts out, Augie Gorman, <laughs> at which point Gorman sits up like Dracula in his coffin. <laughs> How do you know Augie Gorman's a celebrity? I, I guess there's just been scuttlebutt around the Oh, okay, hotel. just around the hotel. And it LA. must have been in the newspapers, the case, because Dan knew about it from the newspapers. Yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah. It, it kind of
0: tracks. Okay, yeah, I meant to ask you about that, actually, because I was like, surely he could have just said a random celebrity name, but... Um, was he because yeah. he chats out Killer Gorman or something like yeah. that? Yeah.
1: So Augie's looking really worried, as if this is like <laughs> one of Egan's hitmen come to get him.
0: Uh The cops grabbed his shotgun, he's going to open the door, but Augie's like, no, don't open the door. Yeah. The cops outside were pretty lenient to Dan, I thought, because he's, he's really in the, not yeah. aggressively, he's like, you know, like a bumbling drunk... Um constant he, he's not letting up is he and he's getting louder and louder he kind of he, he gives it up after a while though he does he yeah. goes
1: back to the uh, the team's <laughs> room and yeah gorman's really having to go about the hotel that they picked from he's like yeah how's he these noisy guests and the air
0: conditioning doesn't work i need more pills so he goes off <laughs> into the bathroom to get himself some sleeping pills Bearing in mind he's only just taken two sleeping pills what feels like about 20 minutes before. Yeah, it probably wasn't actually the IMF's drug at all that takes him out. It's, uh, yeah, it it's just just a sleeping, sleeping yeah, pills. Yeah,
1: he's just OD'd on sleeping pills. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Dr. Green's gone by the time he takes the first sleeping pills, so they couldn't even check with him if the no. drug that he's going to give the Gorman would have a re- a reaction with... <laughs> with <you>. the
0: <laughs> Maybe it does, which explains what happens when, uh, you know, down the line, but yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, the team are listening in again on the thing, and this time, thankfully, Gorman pours himself a glass of water. Finally, Barney, yeah. Barney hits the trigger, and you get a little shot of what I suppose is meant to be inside the pipe, mm. with the cylinder inside the water flowing around it. Yeah. It f- kind of fizzies. it's like... <laughs> yeah. And then explodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's kind of a pinkish tint to the water, which Gorman doesn't notice at all. Yeah. He glugs it down and goes back to bed. Mm. It's like a soda stream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, I guess, like, it's supposed to be a few minutes later, he kind of staggers out of bed, f- looking and feeling pretty rough. He makes funny noises as well. Like, I, th- I thought he'd got, like, a dodgy tummy or
0: something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Claps- and then he, he gets literally tries to stand up and goes... F- like, first onto the carpet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the uh, the police lieutenant sort of snatches the door open and says to the cop outside, Call an ambulance! Was <laughs> um, this the point where it all started to go a little bit
0: naked gun? It was, yeah. The ambulance was belting down the road. You get quite to a close-up like. shot of the, the red light on the top of the ambulance. Yeah, and we both around. said the same thing. With <laughs> the introdu- I don't know if like if anyone listening to this has ever seen the naked gun films, but at the beginning of those films, they have... The, you have a camera What I guess it's like Positioned on the roof Of a police car So you're Watching where they're driving With the sirens going off It starts off down the street And then it gets more ridiculous So they'll go They go on a pinball machine I'm pretty sure One of them yeah. One of them they go down The Death Star Trench Don't yeah. they? <laughs>
1: down a log flume, you know, yeah. all sorts
0: of stupid things. Oh, I really it, yeah. want to watch those films. But it's yeah, not... it reminded me of that. It was and just, so we it both was just started the camera singing, positioning. Yeah, we both started singing the Naked Gun song. <laughs> and you know, the actual music that they were playing for this reminded me of something out of Flintstones. It was really strange. <laughs> well, my.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was good. I liked that. So the ambulance crew arrive. Uh, there's a doctor mm. with them. The uh, police lieutenant checks their IDs and he's like, uh, get on with your work, doc. The doc puts a stethoscope to his chest mm. and then uh, checks his eyes, I guess, to see how his pupils are reacting and goes, hmm, looks like it could be a stroke. And I was like, it looks like it could be anything really at this <laughs> point.
0: I'm not quite sure what
1: diagnostic yeah. technique this is that you are using.
0: Yeah, this was, um, yeah, he's, he's a very knowledgeable doctor, this guy.
1: <laughs> so they put Gorman onto. The lowest stretcher I have seen in my life. So this thing, it's got wheels, but it's barely a foot off the ground. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So when they're pushing it along, they're all having to hunch right down (laughs) to be able to push this thing along. Yeah. Uh, It's kind of ridiculous.
0: (laughs) They use that a couple of times in this as well, though. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, they yeah they load him up into the ambulance and they tear off through the streets to the memorial hospital. Mm. Inside, waiting for them is Doctor Green
0: and a special treat for Kev. This killed me. Nurse Cinnamon. Nurse Cinnamon. You'd have to put a shot. You'd have to put some stills <laughs> of that um, on the on the Facebook page. Um, um, bloody hell! Well, I think one of the first lines they say was like, "Get some oxygen."
1: Oh yeah, he says he you given this man oxygen to the the other doctor that came yeah. in the ambulance. I needed it myself. <laughs> And he's like, I didn't think he needed it. So <laughs> Nurse Cinnamon goes and gets a big old cylinder of oxygen and a mask. She does. Yeah, Dr. Green does some business about checking him over and berates the other doctor for kind of not spotting that he might have a small skull fracture. So this presumably mm. is going back to the X-ray.
0: They maybe took yeah. a roll
1: in? Yeah, mm-hmm. which we
0: don't quite know if they did or not. They just Maybe had an, an old
1: healed skull fracture
0: that may turn up on an x-ray I don't know <laughs> who knows I don't, I think it's all just basically finding an
1: excuse to get Gorman onto the x-ray table mm, yeah um, so he needs to take some x-rays there's no radiologist on duty uh, so Dr Green says he'll do it himself can you get an oxygen tent sent up to his room because mm-hmm, yeah. he hasn't actually been to a room yet quite I don't know which room it is no it's. I don't, <laughs> don't know the lieutenant wants to stay with him, so he follows Cinnamon and Doctor Green into the X-ray room. They transfer Gorman to the table, and Cinnamon sets about <laughs> strapping him in, as if he's going to transform into a werewolf or something, <laughs> and he needs six or seven very sturdy straps holding him this down. This is—I
0: mean, this was clear within a few seconds of this. But even as watching it, even as, as I was watching it, I was like, "Why have they got so many straps on this guy?" Like. As if he was going to like Hulk out or something, yeah. but
1: so you've got the like the lead screen to protect. Yeah, the in X-rays. the corner of the room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got like a tiny little window in it that you can look through. Yeah. So all three of them bundle in behind it, and Doctor Green kind of elbows the, the lieutenant out of the way so he can't see him. Yeah. And they make a show of taking an X-ray of him laying, you know, flat on his back. Mm. And then he says to Cinnamon, uh, "Left profile shot, please." So she goes to turn <laughs> Gorman's head to the left um dr green makes sure the lieutenant is away from the little window cinnamon triggers a button on the bottom of the table and the top of the table rotates 180 <laughs> degrees so gorman disappears inside it
0: and is replaced by is replaced by steve, steve the imf I- guy that yeah, we haven't seen IMF since steve. the
1: beginning whose talent
0: presumably is that he looks a little bit like orgy gorman what made me laugh is how long has Steve been underneath <laughs> that table, hanging upside down, facing down as well? Like, being, just being held up by about four or five straps. When he's like not head pretending to, toe. to be unconscious. He, he is actually unconscious. Is unconscious he may yeah.
1: even be dead. <laughs> he might be.
0: please, <laughs> Steve, oh, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I only just thought of that. I was like, well, he must have been in there for quite some time, just hanging around, literally. You, you,
1: be able to feel all the pulse in your head. Mm. Um, so, yeah, because he's got his face turned <laughs> away from the screen, the police lieutenant can't tell that this is a yeah can't tell us, um, um, Gorman. Mm, yeah, uh, so they they take well pretend to take another X ray, and then Cinnamon rushes out and puts <laughs> the oxygen mask on him to obscure his face mm. even further. So, Steve is <laughs> played by a guy called Eddie Paskey. Okay. And his function in this episode, as we can see, is to be a stand-in for Augie Gorman, uh, which is ironic because he actually served as a stand-in for William Shatner on Star Trek on a number of occasions. Uh, yeah. And also...
0: Like a stunt stand-in or...? Just, to,
1: I think, you know, when they're blocking out scenes and things. They don't, okay, they right. don't need the actor to be there. No, so get, just get someone there to... Uh, yeah, so just get him as a stand-in. Hmm. And he also, and this, I mean, I'm... You know, a reasonably big Star Trek fan, but I never knew this. He was a hand double for James <laughs> Dewan, who plays Scotty, okay, on a couple of occasions because James Dewan was missing the
0: middle finger on his right hand, was he?
1: Yeah, uh, he lost it. Well, he was on Juno Beach in the D Day landings.
0: Wait, this was the guy that played, played Scotty, Scotty's Scotty. right. Okay, yeah, we're going on a
1: bit of a tangent here, but it's, okay, yeah, no, that's okay, yeah, kind of, kind of entertain me. Uh, yeah, so James Doohan, he. Led a squad on Juno Beach at the D-Day landings. On his way out the beach, shot The two, Scotty. Yeah. Shot two snipers, led his men through a minefield up to higher ground, and they set up defensive positions for the night. So, pretty good going so far. Unfortunately, during the night, he was crossing between two command posts and a nervous Canadian with a brain gun shot him. <laughs> oh, my God. He took six bullets, four in the leg, one through his middle finger, so they had to amputate it, Yeah, and one in the chest. Which was stopped by the silver cigarette case that his brother had given him, which is something that you think would only happen oh in God, movies. In the
0: films, yeah.
1: So he was a very lucky so and so. Well, hero for a given value of lucky,
0: yeah, yeah, an um, actual hero. So yeah, I learned something about Star Trek that I didn't know. That is a good. That is the best fact I think you've come up with on here. Actually, <laughs> that is good. You wait. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <laughs> well, the, the, this next one's quite good, but not not quite as good as the other one I've got later on. Um, so Pasky actually appears in 57 episodes of Star Trek, hmm. playing a kind of background character, which eventually at some point gets named as Leslie. Or like a red shirt or someone. Or... He seems to have served in every single department on the Enterprise because he shows up <laughs> in yellow shirts, blue shirts, red right. shirts, all sorts. He's, at one point, while he's a red shirt, <laughs> he gets killed on an away team by a cloud creature, and then by the end of the episode, is miraculously alive again, <laughs> because apparently they didn't get round to filming the scene that would have explained like Bones coming up with a cure to bring him back to
0: life or something like that.
1: <laughs> so yeah, he's, he has the honour of being, I think, the only red shirt to both die and live again in the same episode of Star Trek. Oh,
0: that's amazing. This x-ray table, right, mm. presumably the IMF have fitted this table. I'm assuming they've planted it there. I can't imagine there's the... the... I was going to say the NHS then, the um, the health service in America would have much need for a rotating revolving x-ray, x-ray, x-ray table. <laughs> table, unless you want to do, you know, too quick in succession. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But uh, and again, they only had less than 24 hours, so perhaps mm. Barney had it lying around in his shed or something, you never know. And there is one small problem, mm. that the x-ray plate is obviously inserted under the table, so that yeah. would actually stop it from rotating around, but it's mission impossible, yeah. it was- what hand wave. We'll right suspend, away. you know, belief for that. So Steve's got his oxygen mask on. They move him back onto the stretcher a bit more roughly than they moved him off the stretcher. Yeah, they leave like, his arm
0: behind, don't they? I guess because
1: it's Steve, they don't care anymore.
0: Yeah, Cinnamon kind of like totters over to the side and quickly throws it back on. <laughs> when I say they leave his arm behind, it's still attached to his oh, body. Yeah, no, yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's they, just...
1: they don't gather all his limbs up quite quite right. Yeah. yeah. They uh, take him up to his room and put him under the oxygen tank, which is like a. Mm. A semi-opaque plastic kind of hanging thing over, it's like the, a
0: bubble way over the over the head top of, half the bed. of the yeah. bed. Yeah, I've never seen one of those before. I assume that's something they don't use anymore. I guess not.
1: So it's just to kind of further obscure him mm. from being
0: almost a, like a mosquito net, wasn't it? But yeah, that kind of a kind effect, plastic, like plastic yeah. rather than a net.
1: Yeah. Back downstairs at the X-ray room. Dr. Rollin Hand
0: MD arrives. That was brilliant. To his own theme tune. <laughs> as he was walking down the corridor, he was doing some some pretty good yeah. Dr Walking. Dr Walking
1: Hand. And uh, Yeah, it was great. So he and Cinnamon they triggered this bit on the table which makes it flip back round again and there's all the mm. Gorman unconscious.
0: Uh, it makes me really want to watch a TV show about Cinnamon and Rollin as as a nurse and doctor.
1: <laughs> that would be such a good show. <laughs> Perhaps they play doctors and nurses up between
0: missions. Well, I'm pretty sure they've got a soft spot for each other. (laughs) Uh, They get
1: Gorman onto another stretcher. Um, This one is as low as all the others, but it's got (laughs) like a pair of handles, one at each end, so that you don't have to crouch right down onto the floor to pull it around.
0: Yeah, it's like a... um, Like a cloth. Yeah, something to just pull it along like it's a... I can't think of the word thong. Is that the right word? (laughs) I don't think it is. (laughs) Oh, man. Strap. This is like Carry On Doctor now, isn't it?
1: Flange.
0: There's no reason the word strap just makes me (laughs) laugh.
1: Whatever it is, let's move on. It's it's a a lot more elegant for Dr. Rollin' Hand, MD, and Nurse nurse Cinnamon Mm. to move around. Upstairs in Gorman's room, the lieutenant wants to let the DA know what's happened by the phone, which unfortunately happens to be on the table right next, right next to, to the Steve. bed that Steve yeah. is in. So <laughs> as he's dialing the number on the on the dial, the LT's kind of looking at the bed, and he's like, wait a minute.
0: His, what, is that when his bottom lip starts quivering <laughs> yeah, like, like uncontrollably? What's happened? <laughs> and, he,
1: and he lifts up the oxygen tent and sees it very obviously, isn't Gorman. Mm. And then, there's a good old couple of crash zooms into his face, <laughs> into Steve's
0: face. I would love it if Steve on the crash zoom looked up and went surprised.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, he he shouts to the other cops that are in the corridor outside to seal off the hospital <laughs> and search every room. Dr. Rollin and Nurse Cinnamon are trying to get out the emergency exit <laughs> where the ambulance yeah. has brought him in. yeah. There's some quick thinking by rolling going on here as well. Oh, yeah, because they spot there's a couple of cops at the door. So they yeah. hide around the corner and there's a phone mounted on the wall. And he rings the, the desk next to the emergency exit.
0: How does he you know what that number is for that desk? I think desk? he
1: rings the operator first. Oh, okay, just right. Probably like zero.
0: Oh, he does because he asks for oh, yeah, the... Yeah, 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 he does, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Emergency entrance or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, Says that the they need the two officers there to go up to the third floor. So the the orderly, that's manning the desk, passes out onto the cops, and they leg it into the elevator. And I
0: think you spotted as the doors were closing. One these extras that play these cops were great, or one of them was, because as the door was closing, one of them was looking straight down the barrel of the camera with a terrified (laughs) look on his face. It was so funny.
1: This other guy's eating beans at the craft (laughs) services and I'm about to be
0: locked in a small room with him. Yeah. Help me. Yeah, it's good. I love little moments like that on TV shows. It's quite entertaining. (laughs) Uh, With the cops gone, uh, Cinnamon
1: and Rollin make a run for it with a stretcher, but the orderly stops them.
0: Yeah, what a bloody job's worth, you know. Upstairs,
1: the lieutenant's cross-questioning Dr. Green, (laughs) Mm. who's looking at the uh, X-ray, which is of... Uh, question mark Rollin's Rollins.
0: yeah I think it's Rollin's ex Rollin's head
1: it would have made more sense if they'd recruited Steve because they knew that Steve had previously had a skull fracture yeah rather than Steve looks like
0: do they ever explain where Steve goes
1: after this I think he just has a nice lie up in hospital for the rest of the episode yeah yeah, so the lieutenant says to him where's Gorman Dr. Green says who's Gorman and I said why is Gorman (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Because, you know, Drax is kind of my hero. We've
0: made a lot of Drax references on this <laughs> podcast, haven't we? I bloody love Drax. Dave Bautista kills it as Drax. He, he really does, does, actually, yeah. This is saying something. He was the best part of Infinity War. That's saying something. That's gonna, a, that is a strong statement, my friend. That is a strong statement. As a, I don't want to say, sorry, not the best part, the best character in Infinity War. He, mm. No, honestly, every scene he was in, it was he, joyous. He gets some good lines, he does. He does, yeah. I love Drax. Sure, we'll do some more Drax uh, references. Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, Dr. Green plays it dumb. Well, the man in the oxygen tent claims a total loss of memory. <laughs> but this is the man I x-rayed. Downstairs, Rollins arguing with the orderly, who says he's just following orders. Now, that defence didn't work for, um, well, the Nazis, so it won't go into <laughs> no, to it you, did mate. not,
0: no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hate those guys. <laughs> Doctor Rollins like, uh, well, the heart lung machine has broken down, and we need to get this man to another hospital before he <laughs> dies. It's kind of some, his bones from Star Trek. I just I wanted yeah. him to channel DeForest Kelly a bit and be like, God damn it, man! Can't you see this man is dying? <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> Presumably, really the orderly then relents because the next time you see Rollins and Cinnamon, they're in the back of yeah, the
0: they're guns. out. Yeah, I thought Rollins was going to punch him one, but then I, was, <laughs> I suppose because he's. His body language was like he was squaring up to him a little bit. He's like, I don't have time for this.
1: Yeah. Would you <laughs> Maybe like he a did. A dose of this. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dr. Green sort of fobs the lieutenant off. Perhaps they changed the man around before I even laid eyes on him. But that man in that bed is mm. the man that I x-rayed. So at
0: this point, the lieutenant is kind of defeated. Yeah. He uh, kind of just. He, gives, slumps. he Yeah. He just, you know goes and lays down in his grave there doesn't he really he sees yeah <laughs> he sees the his fight whole, the fight his just whole disappears career. from his face his whole career
1: falling apart yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so Roland and cinnamon got him in the ambulance the ambulance goes hell for leather across town takes him back to the mm-hmm. uh, I, we assume it's dan's apartment that they they do all these things from oh yeah i didn't even pick up on that yeah <laughs> dan goes watch him I mean, mm. Gorman's unconscious. They've propped him up on the sofa or something, they? and, he's, and they, they all turn to look at him
0: <laughs> as if yeah. he's going to do something exciting. It cuts to every single person in that room, and you just see them looking in one direction and then quickly turning their head to where he is laying down. But, yeah, nothing happens. <laughs> it's just a weird scene.
1: The phone rings. It's Egan. He says he'll pick up Gorman in an hour at a meet-up place in the warehouse district. Mm. Uh, so Dan is Dan to stash him somewhere. They'll meet up. He'll give proof that Sandy's still alive, and then Dan can take him to where they've got Gorman uh, stashed away. Yeah. After they put the phone down, Dan's like, I don't like the feel of this, and wants to make the exchange on his own terms, not Egan's, mm. which makes Forrester a bit twitchy, because he can, he yeah, can see yeah. the finish line in sight, and uh, yep. doesn't want Dan trying anything too clever. No. So he he kind of he manages to persuade Dan to to stick with Egan's plan. plan. So... Forrester goes with Dan in the car to meet him. They put up alongside Egan's car and he kind of signals in mm. the car with the mobsters in to drive past so that Forrester can see can Sandy. See his daughter. yeah, yeah. Kind of tied up. So Dan's like, okay, look over there. He's in the phone booth. So, I don't know, 10 metres away down the street, there's this phone booth with the unconscious Gorman propped up inside it. Mm. Egan's like, oh, ogie. You're looking too good. <laughs> and he pulls the the uh, really obviously labelled up trunk release switch mm. on the dashboard of his car. Yeah. And one of his goons clambers out the back with a shotgun. Out of a massive gun. Yeah. Takes a walk over and gives it both barrels through the glass of the uh, the yeah. phone booth,
0: which looks even it looks as weird as I remember watching on the Mission Impossible because that stuck out to me because you see the guy shooting the phone box. The glass goes. And then a split second after, then... It's sort of slightly too long. Yeah, just then the guy inside too... moves across as if he's been hit by the, the ammo, like the bullets, you know. And it's the same thing there, isn't it? He shoots, the glass goes, and then the body <laughs> moves. It's it's very badly done, but... Even's then... got a gun pointed at
1: Dan, so Dan's like, no, get all, get rid of all the witnesses, right? Mm. Wrong. Take another look at Gorman. So the goon goes over and, and it's just a dummy in, in
0: Gorman's clothes. Can I just correct you there? It's the most terrifying dummy <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, the face the on this face thing. The face on it. I mean, was that like a paper mache I don't know.
1: It was
0: Because that wasn't like a, a shop dummy, no. because the face on it, you'd, you'd, never, buy you'd never buy anything from, anything from that shop, shop. <laughs> unless it was like a Halloween shop it's or something. It's got like
1: this sort of grimace on its face, isn't it, and wide yeah, eyes.
0: It, was, and... it looked like Zelda out of Terrorhawks, <laughs> <laughs> without the hair. <laughs> oh not my God, that look. used to scare me. But yeah, it was, yeah, well played Dan, but Jesus, where'd he get that dummy from? The goon's like, it's just a lousy dummy. <laughs> and it really was Emphasis lousy. on lousy, yeah.
1: <laughs> so Dan, this is where Dan goes a bit Liam Neeson in Taken. That, <laughs> yeah. What's Liam
0: Neeson's character in that?
1: I've only ever seen the first one,
0: Ah, uh, um, Yeah, I've only seen the first one as well.
1: John Badass, I'm going to call him, right? John Badass. So Dan's like, now we'll exchange Gorman for the girl my way. You wait to hear from me. If anything happens to that girl, I'll finish you. <laughs> wherever you are whatever you're doing I'll find you and I'll kill you and you know I can do it Damn that was man, good son. <laughs> yeah he was badass then wasn't he he's uh... he has got a mean streak in him we've seen it a few times
0: yeah but he's 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 got such a a light side and a dark side to him mm. like this is the same guy not like, only a few episodes ago <laughs> Was gurning away in his clown get up. Coco the clown. Or something yeah. Like that, yeah. I think that's
1: testament to uh, Stephen Hill's.
0: I think mean so, yeah. He's
1: a, he is an interesting performer in, <laughs> he is. in the various choices. I find that him he makes. fascinating to you watch. You don't
0: quite know what he's, how he's going to play a scene. No, you know? no, you don't. And like, the you know, when he does the physical stuff as well, it's like, I've never seen anyone move <laughs> like him before. <laughs> But he's yeah, I I really enjoy. I find him so entertaining to watch. He's not the best actor in the world, but uh, he's 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 fascinating.
1: Holds your interest, yeah, definitely. The two parties go their separate ways with an agreement to uh, to meet up later for an exchange. Hmm. So the team need to. So now it's
0: back on Dan's terms, which yeah. is what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So the team are
1: now going to come up with with something for the exchange. Hmm. Uh, Barney's fiddling around with some some tech. A pair of headphones. Yep. Well, Cinnamon's watching on. Dan still asks, dressed as the nurse. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah.
1: One for the dads, I suppose. <laughs> Dan's asking if the antenna's on the truck. Barney says, "Yep. The signal's loud and clear, powerful enough to pick Dan up anywhere in the county." So Barney will plot the positions, and Cinnamon will relay the information to Rollin. Hmm. Quite how Barney's going to plot positions based on.
0: Radio signals. I don't know because oh, he'd know. have to have he's something got, for it to bounce back off of. He's got like he's a, got a
1: dial, f- antennary-looking thing. That yeah, that I've never that seen anything. It's a weird
0: machine. I've never seen anything. I don't know whether this is know a what real thing or not. But, yeah,
1: it, it's it looked real. But yeah. then I don't know. It's an IMF gadget. It'll, yeah, uh, Rollins putting together a mask. And he's like, give me 10 minutes. He can do his transformations pretty
0: quick. He can. <laughs> yeah, considering he's got a like. Get all the you know because when they put the, um, they don't have full face masks like they do in the movies. They, it's almost like they're, it's like plasticine. It's almost like they're putting on a nose and then they'll put like bits of the cheek on and then maybe like the forehead or something. That must take ages. And then because the the actual the material they use is is white, so unless they want to look like Danger Mouse, they're (laughs) gonna be like they've got like get the makeup and the skin tone right as well. So yeah. Yeah, he's got some skills, Wally, though. He is the man of a million faces. He is, yeah. Master of disquires. (laughs) Disquires. He learned it all at the school
1: of (laughs) disquires. So, yeah, Dan gives Egan a ring. They're ready to go. Have a car waiting for us at the old railroad station. From there, we'll go on to the exchange point. So they'll follow Egan's guy on to the exchange point. Because Egan wants to choose uh, the spot, which Mm. Dan agrees to. Yep. Gorman doesn't want to go. To the exchange, he starts to put up a bit of resistance. Yeah. Because I guess he can see the end is coming for him. Yeah, yeah. Dan says, you're going to go. All I care about now is getting that girl back. And I can do that just as easily by handing over a dead Augie Gorman instead of (laughs) a live one. Augie sort of shrugs. You're not the type to shoot a man down in cold blood. And Dan just whips out a gun and puts it to his head. Yeah, that was good.
0: Really? That felt like he was holding it there for a long time. Yeah.
1: Gorman kind of looks in his eyes and uh, all of a sudden believes him. And And then
0: then you hear a tiny little squeak. I believe him. I I believe him. I believe Um, (laughs) him.
1: So next we're on... (laughs) Next we move on to lots of driving around to jazzy music.
0: Yeah, oh, this was toe-tapping, this music. It was great. (laughs) You were bopping away in your seat. I've really enjoyed this episode. (laughs) So Forrester's
1: in the front seat of a van with Dan driving. (laughs) Gorman's in the back of the van, which is obviously the one with the antenna on. Barney's monitoring and taking whatever measurements it is. Mm. Uh, Egan's mobster guy arrives at the station in his car. So you see what is supposed to be, I guess, the exterior of the station, which mm. I'm almost completely certain is the Griffith Observatory <laughs> in Los Angeles because you see it in loads of different movies yeah. and TV shows. Mm. Yeah. Um So apparently Rebel Without a Cause was kind of the first film that really featured it and made it famous internationally oh, okay. as an L.A. landmark. So mm. there's actually a bust of James Dean on the grounds. Is there? Yeah. I looked up some other films it was in. I'd... Would that be after this? Before this I think it's the 50s something isn't it? No. I thought it was made in the 60s oh, Perhaps I'm wrong We can always
0: look it I don't know, yeah Grab your phone and have I'll have fun. a look while you're uh, coming out with the old factoids <laughs>
1: uh, So yeah, I looked up I definitely had seen it in The Rocketeer and that was one of the films on the list There's actually a really quite faithful recreation of it in Grand Theft Auto V
0: Is there? Because Los Santos is meant to be Los Angeles so it's mm. like a kind of scaled down um, I've played Grand Theft Auto V. I can't say that. I've probably discovered that section of it yet. I'm not that
1: far through it, though. It's up near the, um, it's not Hollywood, is it? it's Vinewood or something. They oh, in yeah. Again,
0: up near the, the sign on the hills. 1955. 55. You were correct. Oh. I stand corrected.
1: So, the Griffith Observatory, this was the, the little bits of information that I was saying about earlier on, mm. it will blow your mind. One bit of this will be okay. in in particular. Okay. So the Griffith Observatory uh, is named after the benefactor who left the money to build it to the city in his will when he died in 1919. Uh, in, during his lifetime, he donated over 3,000 acres of land to the city, which uh, became mm. Griffith Park. He obviously okay. just liked having things named after him. And uh, A little later on, he lent the money to build the Greek Theatre and the Hall of Science. He was a Welsh industrialist philanthropist and he amassed his fortune as part of a mining syndicate in the 1880s after working as a mining correspondent for a San Francisco newspaper and that helped him gain the knowledge that led to him being employed by loads of mining syndicates Mm. and therefore on to his fortune. Yeah, yeah. He was also an attempted murderer. (laughs) Bloody hell, was he? In 1903... He shot his wife Mary in the head while they were on voca- vacation. It didn't kill her. It left her disfigured, missing an eye. Um, he was tried and oh God. S- sentenced to two years in prison for assault with a deadly weapon with the intent to commit murder.
0: Mm. And he uh, only
1: got two years for that? <laughs> apparently. During the trial it was revealed that while the world at large thought that he was a teetotaler, he was really a secret drunk uh, suffering from paranoid delusions. So maybe they wow. argued to diminish responsibility.
0: Right, something right. Something
1: like that. His wife, unsurprisingly, was granted a divorce on grounds of cruelty, <laughs> thank the stars, and she kept custody of his son and Griffith was ordered to pay for his education. So it's after that, after what? he'd served his years in prison he, and all that, he then decided to leave a big old chunk of his estate to mm. the city of Los Angeles. I guess he was just trying to make himself feel better about himself. I wonder if it worked. I don't know. Do we care? I mean, honestly? No, well, <laughs> Shoot a woman yeah. in the head. Who cares what he feels like? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, there you go. I wasn't expecting to discover that when I no. looked at Griffith Observatory. <laughs> wow. These, I love, these are some good facts. I love these names Griffith J. Griffith. Who who Griffith names their Griffith? That, for God's sake.
0: Going back to Mario, isn't his name Mario Mario? So, I
1: don't know too much. I, I never was a Nintendo kid, so I don't really know too much about
0: Mario and the deep
1: mythology around him. I'm
0: pretty sure his name is Mario Mario. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're the Mario brothers. Yeah. So you've got Luigi Mario and Mario Mario. See,
1: that's the only way it makes sense, isn't it? Because mm. otherwise otherwise, it wouldn't be the Mario brothers. <laughs>
0: I know so much about. Why I know so much about before? You've have you d- not?
1: You have blown my mind. Oh
0: yes, I've come up with my own fact. There you go. Good work. I do. Do you know what? the I movie is have a, still terrible? <laughs> the movie is still terrible. I do love a Mario game though. I've got my own fact actually. Go on, go on. This is a bit irrelevant. No, it's not actually. It's to do the episode. <laughs> this episode. This is my first fact. Go on. I'm quite proud. Kev's episode <laughs> This episode marks the first use of the Craig Panorama Model 212 tape recorder, which made many repeat appearances throughout the series. It was cheap, retailing for under $25, durable, and relatively advanced for its time. It featured both built-in and remote microphones and two tape speeds. Its use on Mission Impossible made it very popular, and it continues to be a collector's item to this day, largely fueled by MI Nostalgia.
1: Mm. I guess perhaps then that was the, the boxy bit of equipment that they were using in the hotel.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. There you go.
1: Let's see if we can get our hands on one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> relatively cheap. But yeah, Mission Impossible collectible. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, good fact. Thank you. Ooh, I'm quite proud of myself. Who were we? <laughs> <laughs> I've lost track of where we were.
1: Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, they're at the station. Yeah. Mm. So the goons went in on the station, on the literally on the tracks. He's having a wander-up down the tracks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. bit weird. Um, Dan's car arrives and the, the mobster gives him this sort of jaunty little wave. He's like,
0: oh, hello. <laughs> He's
1: having a great time. <laughs> J- jumps back in his car and mm. drives off and Dan in the van. Dan, Dan, Dan. van. In the van. van, Dan. Dan, van. <laughs> Dan. Dan, Dan. Dan, van. Dan. Dan, van man. Follows along. We then get a shot of Egan leaving his house whopping great big places. Mm. Uh, he gets in his own car. It's a little bit flasher. Kind of Goldie coloured? It is, yeah. As he's driving down the street to the meetup, presumably, a police motorbike pulls out of a side road and <laughs> flashes him down, basically, you know, turns on the siren and pulls over. Yeah. It's Willie
0: as a it motorcycle. Is. I love block. the dramatic pause for that. <laughs> He was massive he was the biggest cop I've ever seen. It was ridiculous. He was like he's like the T ten thousand. I thought it was like the T eight
1: hundred cosplaying the T one thousand. Yeah, he
0: yeah. Yeah, he was. It was honestly it was like it was like if you had Schwarzenegger playing the T one thousand, it just wouldn't look right.
1: He he does the old can I see your papers, please? So, mm. so he's...
0: But it was the same police get up as the T-1000 in Terminator. You know, with like the motorcycle yeah, helmet, the sunglasses. Yeah, the
1: aviators. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's what made me think. Of it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he pulls the old, I need to see your driver's license and whatnot. So and he, your clothes, your boots and your motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's basically holding Egan up, isn't he? You know, delaying him from getting yeah. to the meet. Mobster's car and Dan's van arrive at, it's like a warehouse or something, in the middle of an industrial...
0: Mm. Facility, of
1: yeah, some kind. yeah. Uh, inside is the other car that's had Sandy driving around in it all day. Egan's goons check out the back of the van, Gorman's in there, so that all checks out. Mm-hmm. Forrester has a look at Sandy, she's a bit shaken, but she's all right. Mm. They exchange keys, so you know, this is the trade off. Dan and Forrester get in the car with Sandy and drive off out of this warehouse. Mm. Back at the apartment, Barney's. Relaying information to Rollin about the location of the van. Yep. Says he's less than a mile out. So as Dan in the car with Forrester and Sandy now, they drive out of the warehouse. He pulls off over to the side, out of sight behind some pallets of I don't know, bricks or something. <laughs> yeah. As Egan drives in the other way in his flash old motor, goes inside the warehouse, parks up, gets out of the car. Gets a sawn-off shotgun out of, I don't know, the glove compartment or something.
0: Yeah, he pulls it from. Good job he wasn't pulled
1: over by a real cop,
0: wasn't it? Well, yeah. (laughs) He's got a sawn-off on the passenger seat or something.
1: (laughs) And he uh, gets his goons to open the back of the van. And was he like? He says, come out, (laughs) Augie. Don't make me come in there for you. (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit creepy, (laughs) wasn't it, really? He is
0: quite uh, creepy. Mm. He's not a bad, bad guy, actually. He's not actually. He, mm. He's he's very he's very odd looking. But I I I like that in a villain. Mm. You've got to, you can't be too generic, you know. He's a bit, um, sm- he
1: kind of smiles, but it's a reptilian smile. It it's like, yeah, eyes, yeah, it's like
0: if it? a shark smiles at you, yeah. you're like, okay, this is not going to end well. I, I am. <laughs> you're smiling, well. but I don't believe you.
1: <laughs> so Gorman uh, reluctantly gets out the back of the van and kind of, he's kind of backing away. He's like, mm. don't do it then. Mm. Egan gives him both barrels. Blam! Yeah. Gorman goes flying. Hmm. And Egan says to his goons, right, back up, get the hell out of here. <laughs> so they jump in the van, and the, the car. There seems to be another car that appears from nowhere, but yeah, who cares. That's okay, yeah. They all hit the road and leave Egan behind with, with the Gorman's
0: corpse. Dead Gorman, yeah.
1: At which point, Dan drives back into the warehouse mm. and says, is he all right, Roland? Roland has disguised himself as, as Egan. rolling shades. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I... Because... The first thought that jumped into my head was Rollin never heard Egan speak. No. But then we watched the second time, they recalled the phone call.
0: Oh, they do. So it actually, that's he would why have they had a to yeah, yeah. His voice. Yeah. Okay, that's so covered. That yeah, that's quite anymore. well, yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. Uh, Gorman's covered in like red stuff. I guess it's like paint or something that they've put in mm. the shotgun and just fired a couple of blanks. Yeah, and. blasted it off him. <laughs> Which
0: is funny, because when they did the shot, when when they did when they did the scene where he washed... Shot uh, in inverted commas, he, as he went down, he still he was because he was wearing white. Yeah, you couldn't see any blood no or an, yeah, there's no red on him or anything like that. And then lo and behold, when he stands back up again,
1: <laughs> no Mission possible They probably just ran out of time. Yeah, they were probably three <laughs> weeks over schedule or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just get on with it. Over budget and <laughs> and was it? Rolling it says it's a shame it's not real. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it's a bit harsh. Then. The real Egan arrives. He does, yeah. Looking extremely confused <laughs> because he's staring at himself.
1: <laughs> yeah, he pulls up in his car and Rollin had been in his car. I guess they just found another car that
0: looked like his car. But how do
1: they know what his car looked like? I've only just thought of that.
0: Oh, yeah, they because they've never... Well, Dan would have seen it because they pulled up alongside him previously uh, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. scene with the... Yeah, so maybe Dan made a mental note of it. Yeah. Yeah. Licence plate, registration, mm. et cetera. Yeah, so Egan
1: goes for his gun, and Dan's basically
0: like, "Go on." Try. Yeah, he's already got his gun. Dan's already got his gun trained on uh, Egan, hasn't he? So
1: reluctantly, Egan tosses the gun away, <laughs> and Rollin starts to peel his mask off, and you get quite a quite a long shot of him just yeah. peeling the nose off mm. and the chin part. And actually, I mean, it was only there for like a couple of seconds, but you mm. could almost believe that it would have made him. Yeah, look you like could him. actually. Yeah, the yeah. shades helped, and I think. The reason he had the shades, the character was mm. just for
0: this at the end, because it it made yeah it made it made it more yeah. He might be right. actually. Made it easier to believe. But that I quite Robin liked the shades thing him. about him. Yeah, it was, um, uh, about Egan because it, it gave him a bit more character. I know there are only shades, but
1: disguised. it made him. He disguised. So yeah, yeah it made him stand out a lot more. Yeah. Forrester goes mental and tries to throttle the life out of Egan, uh, but the team pull him off. It's like, you can't kill him, George. He's got to face the grand jury this morning. Yeah. So Forrester, exhausted, (laughs) slumps off into the car with Sandy, reunited with his daughter. Dan allows himself a little bit of a smile. Mm. He kept his promise. Mission, which wasn't really a mission, accomplished.
0: Yeah. Very strong episode. So much better in every way than last week's. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, my God, yeah. This had so much going for it. You had some impressive plumbing. Yes. Cinnamon. Yeah, as, a nurse. as a nurse. I'm, You know, I've said that a lot, but I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Dr. Wall in hand. Some inexplicable... Naked gun. Gadgets. Yeah, some good gadgets. Oh, it was just brilliant. Decent some bad guy. Good music, innit? Oh, yeah, probably. Really good music.
1: Some nice jazzy numbers.
0: Yeah, you know, Willie as a cop, Roland as a doctor, <laughs> cinema as a nurse. What, what more could I want in a TV show? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's got a lot. Yeah, there wasn't really anything that I could criticise about it. Not that we're here to criticise the show, yeah. but... I
1: mean, You can pick a few little holes in it. Like a bit, there's a few little logical things, but that's dramatic licence, isn't it? To mm-hmm. just make these programmes
0: work, Yeah, definitely, I yeah. Suppose. Good, I mean, good it, villain again. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he was definitely horrible enough that you. you yeah, he's very. Into... He's he
0: pretty understated, but quite af- quite effective. He was quite effective and believable whenever he was on the screen as being someone that was quite terrifying. Yeah, yeah, you um, could, yeah. You
1: really believed him as like a a mobster, a, you know, yeah. the, the head of a
0: family or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Drunk Dan was great. <laughs> Drunk Dan was brilliant. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, that was like, that was a good. Good episode. I really enjoyed that. Uh, it was another one
1: written by William Reed Woodfield and Alan Bolter, like Odds on Evil. Okay. So that's two oh. really good ones yeah. from them
0: in a row now. That was Which, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: brilliant. Yeah, what what were your thoughts on it? Uh,
1: yeah, pretty much the same as yours. I I enjoyed it the first time I watched it to do the the, you know, the write up
0: because
1: mm. I I think I said the you know the last one while I was watching the first time I kind of felt that it wasn't quite working. Mm whereas this one every time I paused it to type something up I really wanted to unpause it and get on yeah, to carry watching, and watching the episode. It. yeah yeah uh, so yeah it had a real drive to it you know each yeah. each task they seem these two writers seem to have a knack on how to construct these each task that the team have to perform they throw in a little wrinkle mm. but not too much of a wrinkle it's enough to make you go how are they going to go out <laughs> yeah <laughs> they do actually yeah yeah definitely so yeah you know, it's it's um, yeah. Gives it momentum, you know. Keeps it interesting as it goes yeah. along. Yeah, it was good. It was good that it
0: was a mission that wasn't a mission that was set by the powers that be. But then, I was, I think, they... I was thinking about this. It wouldn't have really made much of a difference if it was given to them as an official mission. I suppose no, you, had, true. you had the personal link between Dan and Forrest. Yeah. However, he could have still been pulled in as a mission to say, "Look, could have been the
1: need... DA's daughter has been kidnapped." Yeah, and the secretary wants you to mm. to
0: rescue it yeah. or something. But I think like that. that side of it, it didn't really make much of a difference in terms of it.
1: It, it made uh, for nice, believable motivation for Dan mm. to be as much of a badass as he was at stages of it. You know, yeah, to kind of do away with the genial geography teacher personality and just mm. become. Some kind of spirit of vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that bit, the, yeah. the lines that you know, I read huh. out that he he delivers to Egan after the first pretend mm. exchange. Yeah. I, he's genuinely, you're like, hmm, mm. I, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. want to mess with him when he's annoyed.
0: Mm. No, it was great.
1: I found, because it was a good episode for Stephen Hill, I thought I'll find a little Stephen Hill factoid. Mm. Um, what well, I okay. actually found was a quote that's attributed to Martin Landau. Um, it seems that they were at the same kind of acting school.
0: Or were they in the early days okay. of their careers? Um, and were they the same kind of age then? Or
1: um,
0: I, I guess so, ish. Yeah, they, ish. I suppose they would be. Yeah, they look they look quite sim. Yeah,
1: it sounds like they had quite a few big name contemporaries that you kind of recognise. So it, like, it seems hmm. like Marlon Brando uh, was around at the same time as them and James Dean. Right. So, you know, it was, you know, they had good company. Mm,
0: Yeah. God, yeah.
1: It's cool. So, yeah, this quote, uh, Landau is quoted as saying, When I first became an actor, there were two young actors in New York, Marlon Brando and Stephen Hill. A lot of people said that Stephen would have been the one, not Marlon. He was legendary, nuts, volatile, mad, and his work was exciting. You can see a little bit of that that madness.
0: Yeah. Every so often, he will let loose, and I'm kind of thinking, is that really Stephen Hill coming through? Lighter than the last one, where he's just in,
1: completely in the back of shot, out of focus almost entirely. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. And the you know, he's in front of this, the jail cell with the protesters, and he's just like yeah, waving his hands in the air.
0: Yeah, but he's not he saying anything. Didn't have anything to do that at all. He could have
1: just come back down the corridor <laughs> yeah. and joined up with Barnes, feel- but he made a choice.
0: I like to think he's so in the moment he's he just, just like completely lets go yeah. he's yeah just <laughs> yeah God bless him <laughs> that um, leaves us unless you've got any other have you got any other no,
1: facts? no I am out I'm out of facts
0: right we have got one last thing to do mission unguessable mission unguessable so now we're on for season one episode nine a spool there was, spool there was. so strap yourselves in let's hit it go okay. right fuse Oh, double-handed punch. Oh, good. Judo.
1: Guns. Men running through the woods. Is that Stan? Balloons. A balloon. Bl- <laughs> Fishing. Cinnamon's legs. legs.
0: Bottles. Oh, watch out, rolling. Punch. Oh, <laughs> yes. There's a, a lot, lot of balloons. Of balloons yeah. Oof. Oh, look at that Someone kick. got kicked through a fence. Not through a fence, through a trellis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: got a full-on kick in the face that took oh my god. a trellis.
0: I... Oh my, I have no idea. That was so much going on there. I think it's Cinnamon's birthday. (laughs) She loves balloons. Yeah. So the mission is to try and get as many. I think they're going to do one of those pranks where they try to fill up Cinnamon's house with as many (laughs) balloons as possible. Dan somehow loses a lot of them, so he ends up (laughs) booting some bloke (laughs) for a trellis because he's lost his balloons. (laughs) You burst my balloon. That was a hell of a kick. That was brilliant. Um, there was a high kick as well It's like on par with um, Forty Towers You know when he's doing The, the, the German walk Oh no Yeah
1: the old, <laughs> Oh the old Ministry of City walks in Yeah Fire thing.
0: Wow There's my mission There's your mission <laughs>
1: um, Oh man uh, Guns punching there was, there was a lot of Punch ups uh, Yeah it looks like An action pack one Doesn't it I reckon That there's some kind Of underground fight club That the IMF Have got to shut down <laughs> And They're going to Shut it down by attacking them with balloons. <laughs>
0: it know. could be. It could be. I'm pumped for that episode. That was, that was a random collection I can't believe we have got to wait like two weeks to do this one
1: though. <laughs> it was a, just such a random collection of
0: images. It was brilliant, it? I, I kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> well, we can do that after we sign off. We can, Yeah. yeah. So that's it for this week. Yeah, thanks for listening. I like that one, that was a good one. Yeah, I really enjoyed that and I hope you guys did too. Don't forget, um, we've got our Facebook page, haven't we? Because we keep forgetting to do this. Yeah, got our Facebook page, which if you type in "Impossible Missions Podcast" or "Impossible that's, Missions Pod," that should uh, podcast that should find podcast. It, yeah, um, you'll find it on there. Also, we are on Twitter uh, at Impod. I, I- m p p o d. And I think that's about it for now, that's isn't it. it? But yeah, you can contact us on any of those. Comment, uh, no spoilers, um, and yeah,
1: don't let, send us. Let us
0: know that you're out there.
1: Don't send us any weird missions to complete. <laughs> 'Cause I'm too I know, you lazy. Do that.
0: I'd give I'd give him a go. Alright, send Kev send Kev submissions. Yeah, nothing X rated though. No, go on, send it's them the, all in. It's the internet. It will all be X rated. What are you talking about? No. Alright. See you later, guys. Bye bye. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please do so on Twitter at Impod, that's I-M-P-P-O-D, and let us know if we missed anything or got something wrong. Go easy on the spoilers, please, even though this aired in the 60s, we haven't seen it yet. So until the next mission, goodbye, Agent, and good luck. This podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. Probably.